This is the Upside Down Podcast, where we discuss the happenings of our coffee shop, art gallery, and community space in Westwood Village. I'm Kyle, the manager of Upside Down and your host for this podcast. Here we discuss coffee, art, and our vision for community behind it all. If you want to learn more, check out our website at UpsideDown.com. Follow us on Instagram at UpsideDown underscore LA. Or our preferred method, visit us at our cafe. We're glad you're here and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Upside Down Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Isaac, as usual, and a artist who has work in our upcoming art show, Lizzie Cohen. You guys hey. want to say hi? Hi, Lizzie. Oh, Isaac. I jumped in too soon. <laughs> <laughs> My first rodeo on this podcast. First. Hi, everybody. Nice. Welcome. Um, yeah, we're glad to have you here. And this is really great, because I was just saying I don't know a ton about you, so I can just genuinely ask you questions and find out about your art and about you um so welcome we have a show called home that is themed around sukkot that is going to debut tomorrow which is october 8th if you are listening to this in the future in the future times (laughs) 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 and um yeah i've all i know so far is that you have a bunch of these little pieces that are people have described it as abstract minimalist Mm. and multiple people who have seen them so far are like, I'm going to buy these. These are going in my house. <laughs> oh, everyone clarify. can buy them. Everyone is welcome to buy them. We should yeah. clarify. These are people on our team because nobody in the public has seen them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, all, all sneak preview. Yeah. Exclusive behind the scenes takes so far. And also it should be said, Lizzie and I are old friends. And so oh, yes. I actually didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm going to let you interview her. Cool. I I know a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm the naive listener host. Sweet. (laughs) If you need to ask me anything about Isaac as a teen, (laughs) hairstyles, what age did you guys meet? Um, Or maybe how long ago? Yeah. uh, We met in New York. Okay. Um, 2005. Yeah. 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 2005. I'm not good with dates, but I remember the style of clothes that people were wearing at the time. So, Uh, what was that style? Um, I would say Isaac was like a brooding teenager, Mm. a little brooding. Uh, I don't know if hipster was a word yet, but you were on the path. Smack dab in the middle of the emo years there. Yes. Ah, that's a word. That's a word I needed. Yes. Mm. Yes. But what were the, about me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We could, we could go. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. All right. Well, Lizzie, welcome. I'm just going to throw it over to you and say, how would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, I am an emerging artist. I'm going to claim that for myself. Do it. Um, I would say that I took on the identity of an artist, which is its own hurdle to overcome yeah. um, probably three years ago. Um, I've painted since I was a kid. I avoided any classes in high school that I didn't have to take in order to take more art classes. <laughs> uh, my background is in interior design. That's a, um, I'm always looking at spaces and how a person can experience the space. 
um, what it means to walk into a place and how a person can feel. And uh, I think about that with lighting and artwork and um, even just the the spiritual aspect of like an an environment. Mm. Um, yeah, so those are the things I think about. Uh, I'm an abstract painter. I mostly work with acrylics, occasionally watercolors, and I am excited to be here. It's my first show in a gallery. Whoa. Yeah. Very cool. We're excited to have you. Thanks. Well, cool. Um, when it comes to your art, so the pieces that we're going to see in the show this uh, this weekend, and they'll be in the space for the next few months, what is a way that you would describe your process to those pieces specifically? Sure. Or also just how would you describe those pieces? Yeah. So um, I created a set of six pieces. Um, I worked on them all together at the same time to kind of make sure that there was a cohesion between mm -hmm. them. And the title of those pieces, um, they're not individually titled, but the set is titled... Um, home in my body, hmm. home in your body. Actually, I actually can't remember the title of my own pieces. Home in, at home in my body. At home in my body. Uh -huh. Wow, I've really, really. That's what yeah. you texted me anyway. Great. <laughs> That's what they're titled. <laughs> at home in my body, and um, the process of that actually started on a conversation that Isaac and I had, where he we were talking about um, the focus of the show being home. And the idea of, you know, what is home? How do you experience it when our society is very transient and people move? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have personally moved a lot. I've moved um, multiple times in the last couple of years. And I even moved to a place and then moved back from where I moved, which was Chicago. And the, that experience in and of itself can really mess with your head about, well, where am I supposed to be? Right. Um, are you returning home or yeah. are you returning somewhere else? Or yeah. am I returning to the place that I didn't want to be? Did you grow up in Chicago? Or? I grew up in St. Louis. Okay. I lived in Chicago for about six years before I left and came back. Okay. Um, Does Chicago feel like home? It feels the most like home. The in most my, like home? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. How would you describe that feeling? <laughs> um, I think... Home right now feels like the most familiar place. Like what about a place feels the most familiar? Mm -hmm. And I think coming back to it is nice because you know the names of streets. You know, um, you know, you have memories in a particular place, and I think the memories can contribute to that feeling of home. Mm -hmm. But as we were as Isaac and I were talking about home, it was very quickly just came to mind the idea that, um, and some of the things I've personally been processing over the last couple of years is like what it feels like to be at home within myself. Hmm. And if I don't feel at home inside of my own physical body, wherever I go, if I feel anxious there, it doesn't matter how beautiful the space is. It doesn't matter how familiar the place is. I'm I'm not going to feel rested or comfortable or at mm. peace if I can't uh, first inhabit my own body um, in that place. So I could come to California and it can be so beautiful outside. And then I go inside and I have insomnia 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be excited about resting there. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the, through that conversation, kind of what I wanted to explore in my artwork. I mean, I know like what that makes me think of, like an example that comes to mind is like, if I go back to my hometown now in San Francisco, the home that I grew up in is not there and mm-hmm. my parents have divorced. And so he, my dad lives in a different home and yeah. it doesn't feel like home anymore. Yeah. Uh, even though it's supposed to be right. So that, that feeling inside me mm-hmm. is what's changed even as the physical space has changed. Yeah. Right. But what is that for you? Like what's the challenge that you're dealing with in that sense? Yeah. I have also had a lot of, um, changes in my family. Um, I, my family moved a lot. My older siblings had a lot of uh, transient experiences when they were younger, but I'm the youngest in my family. And um, for most of my upbringing, we lived in St. Louis. So I had the most like stability in terms of a home. This is my house. This is the house I grew up in. Hmm. My siblings will have had seven houses that they grew, hmm. grew up in. And um, yeah, seven houses is a lot. Yeah, or more uh, potentially. My parents moved a lot. Was, what was the reason for the moving all the time? Um, they were on staff with Juice for Jesus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. And we decided seven times seven. Yeah. You need to move. <laughs> there was all a lot of moving. Time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my dad led a, a, my dad and mom worked together and they took a lot of assignments in different places. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when I was seven, my dad, uh, founded another ministry in St. Louis. Mm. And so, um, and my mom was also, um, getting sick at that point. And so there was a lot of decisions. Some of them I'm, I'm not even aware of, of mm. how that came to be us living in St. Louis. Um, but that was most of my childhood was, was growing up there And, um, when I graduated high school soon after my mom passed away and my dad remarried. And so our home changed significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, even though they, they, my dad and my, uh, stepmom lived in that house for, um, a number of years, the, the character of the home changed, the experience of the home changed a lot. And then um, they sold the home and they moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I also don't have access to the home that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Even if I did, it would be very different than the one that I experienced as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And none of my family lives in St. Louis anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't even have a reason to go back there in, in a visiting kind of a way. Um, And in a, a little bit of a morbid way, that's where my, like my mom was like laid to rest. Right. And so like when I go there, it's kind of in a morning right. um, grieving kind of a way. Hmm. So I think Chicago has become my adult home. Um, it's a place I've lived the longest and have had the most range of experiences and created a space for myself and community and all those things. And um, yeah, so still looking for home, you know, wherever that is, wherever it is. Well, yeah. thanks for sharing. Thanks for immediately diving in and being vulnerable with us. Yeah. We just met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm thinking of two things in what you guys are saying is there's, first of all, it's just that home is complicated. Yeah. Just as life is complicated. Yes. Home is temporary, but it doesn't feel like it should be temporary. Mm-hmm. And it, 
I think we use it in two ways that overlap without us even realizing. And one is simply the sense of tradition, history. Mm-hmm. I have a legacy here. Mm-hmm. You know, you have memories in Chicago. Yep. Whether or not your family was there, you were there and yeah. you have this history. Second, though, and probably more importantly, or maybe what we're hoping to create conversation around for the show, not more importantly, but just significantly, is that home is like this sense of shalom or where everything is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, where everything is how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in life, you know, we tend to lose it at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It might not be, mm. for some, it might be earlier than others. But at some point you reach a you reach a point of no return. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Where there is no full restoration that's gonna happen this side of some kind of outside intervention from God or whatever you call it. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh you know there's an author named Dan Allender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he calls those events shalom shattering events. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's like there and his whole thing is like helping you map your story. Um and like he he talks about life as story and you identify like characters and plot twists and like rise and falling action mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. in your own life so you can get a better map of it um and so he like he invites people into like tracing where those shalom shattering mm. things were to like kind of figure out how they shaped you and stuff like that yeah yeah it's fascinating to me then that given we're doing this themed thing for Sukkot that God is asking Israel to make a sense of home outside of their home. Right. Like Mm. the thing to remember and to hearken back to and the thing to really embrace God's goodness in is like outside in a tent, (laughs) 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 which is kind of special in a way because it's bringing a reality to the fact that, hey, you might be within the walls of the city and you might be in what feels like a permanent place, but internally, it gives me hope that God recognizes there's a, there's there might be something missing there, mm-hmm. and He wants us to be able to find that home somewhere, right? Else, if that makes sense, mm. in a different way. Um, so, coming back to your art, yeah, and you're thinking about this at home in my body thing. How do you think that that played out in? the the finished product or what we have that people can see at the show yeah so um when you look at my pieces they all have um three colors to them black white and gold and i started with um asking the question what makes it difficult to feel at home in my body and i just um I started writing down the answers to those questions really honestly. Hmm. And so the, and I, I came up with basically a key for, um, for my paintings. And so, um, a lot of times in the work that I make black is representative of either a lie that I believe or darkness or something akin to that. Um, and in, in this case, it was the difficult things that make it, it feel not at home um, to live inside of myself. And some of the answers that I gave to that question um, were physical pain. Um, I've experienced lots of migraines and um, back spasms and vertigo. And um, I have, I hope this isn't too vulnerable, but I, I have really painful periods as a woman. And so there's just 
And that's a cycle. You know, yeah. that's like a, I can expect this yeah. again. You know right, that's and, again <laughs> yeah. and again. And um, again. And so some, I think sometimes when when a person experiences something difficult and then they're scared it's going to happen again, it can be this like whole clenching yep. physical experience, whether that's physical pain or emotional pain, we can kind of get like clenched up inside yeah. of ourselves. Um, and uh, even more than just physically is some of the emotional challenges I've experienced, you know, trauma. And so that has caused me to, react by disassociating yeah. and feeling really outside of myself, which is the complete opposite of feeling at home. Right. I'm yeah. like, I am supposed to be in my body right. and I'm like seeing myself exist from somewhere out here, um, right. out here being me flailing my hand around it's like floating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, those that I, ask myself that question like why is it hard to exist at home inside of myself and as I answered that that's where the the darkness in the paintings comes from hmm. um and then uh I I pray a lot when I paint and um yes let's let's pl plug your Instagram yes right now. my Instagram is at the praying artist nice um that's cool yeah mm. so I, I really that's feel cool. I wasn't taken <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, it is now. So it don't is try. Now. It's taken. Um, it belongs to you. Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly having a conversation um, with my God when I when I paint. And um, honestly, I would I the conversation is the more important thing to me hmm. than the painting itself um, because it changes me, and I get to make beautiful things. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but as I presented those things that I have questions about, like, this isn't good. This isn't what I want right. to feel. Um, I'll just ask God, like, do you have anything to say about mm -hmm. these things? And, um, and what I sensed was that, um, I have more control than I think that I do mm. about some of those things. Um, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, I, am I just supposed to work out more and then I'll like feel better? <laughs> um, and what I felt like he was saying was that, um, the way that I speak to myself is very important. Hmm. The way that I respond, I may not be in control of all of those things, um, but the way that I speak to myself is what I have control over. Wow. And so if I have a migraine or if I'm laying in bed because I have really bad cramps or I just, I don't feel good, um, I can respond in any number of ways. And some of the ways that I respond is just, being mean and unkind to myself and mm. thinking I shouldn't feel this way. Should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just should on myself, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, uh, and the response of choosing kindness mm. towards myself and giving that to myself, showing generosity towards myself, um, allowing myself to be human and needing rest. Yep. Um, those are, that's, that's why I felt like uh, was kind of coming into that. And so as I paint, the darkness first. Um, I add these kind of like striking white marks that come through and it's almost mm. like truth is like breaking into and like piercing into the darkness. And, um, and then when I receive those things in that conversation, I really contemplate the giver of those things. Mm. And um, because that I'm not, 
generally that nice to myself. So mm. like, I don't think that that's coming from inside of me. I think mm. a lot of times people look within and there's plenty that we can learn from within ourselves, but that level of generosity and kindness is not coming from inside of me. Mm. Um, and so I think there's a giver of that truth. Yeah. And so as I was painting and thinking about that, um, I was thinking that, that God is the one who welcomes the unwelcomed mm. and he is the one who has this generous unending spirit that is able to give kindness to people and be the source of that kindness and so that's where the gold um, kind of comes into play is my thinking about him being the source of all those things like this pure source of all of that goodness and like the one kind of like sending the light and truth out from himself so you're describing a process um, that's very therapeutic very to yourself, so. mm -hmm. but it's not like merely therapeutic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're not doing it for the sake of like, I need to feel better. Yeah. Like you're doing it to like have a conversation with God yeah. and like inject truth into your life that changes the way that you live yeah. versus like, oh, I just need to feel better right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's and the I, difference? I mean, if you could comment on that. Yeah. I think um, in the Bible, it talks about God loving his kids by disciplining them mm. and correcting them. Right. And I don't think in our culture we have a healthy relationship with the idea of discipline. Ooh. Maybe um, maybe athletes might have a healthy relationship with yes. discipline or certain tracks of life. Right. But I would say in general, in terms of parenting mm. and relationship, I'm a millennial, like my relationship with my parents, I wouldn't necessarily say that I had a healthy or even right. present relationship with there. discipline. Yeah. Um, nor do I know exactly how I would want to discipline my own children. I don't, <laughs> that don't exist yet. Um, and so I think a little bit of that conversation feels like a healthy discipline hmm. and cor mo maybe more so correction. Hmm. I might be reaching with the discipline, but I think the correction in my understanding of my faith and my existence is that God loves me. Mm. And if he loves me, then he has, and has an idea of the best way for me to live. I think that he doesn't want me to live with a lie. Right. That's really rooted inside of myself. Yes. And so wanting to feel better might just be relief from something mm. like I want the relief. I want the pain to go away. Mm -hmm. I don't want to experience any of the pain. This conversation doesn't necessarily take the pain away. Right. It takes my reaction to it. Um, and my belief around what it means or what it says about me or my identity as like a good, a, a being good or good enough is that I don't, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't, it loses its power. Hmm. The pain loses its power over me by me no longer agreeing that it means something bad about myself and affirming to myself that I am bad because I experience pain hmm. or I am bad because um, I have experienced trauma. Hmm. And now the way that I've learned to react to it is like shaming myself 
because of those things only perpetuates the thing. Hmm. But when I am able to extend kindness and forgiveness to myself, release myself from some unreachable perfection, right? Um, then I get to extend love to myself. And I think that's the correction that God wants people to experience right. because there's this false understanding, I think, that God wants people to be perfect. Right. And that he diminishes his love or restrains his love until we reach perfection. And mm. I just think that's not true. Right. Um, and so I think relief from pain might be like one outcome of that, but it's not in the way that like, I'm not, that's not exactly what I'm seeking. That's such a great distinction. Yeah. What do you, Thanks. I'm curious about the tension there, especially in your pieces, you know, you, you could have gone the route and I've seen, I think we actually had an art show where someone did one like this, where like, one color was breaking through another color Mm -hmm. and yours has this powerful coexistence of the black and the white and the gold Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I like what you're getting at with like what the, it might look like the removal of that pain, but it might not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you find that home? I guess in this case it's home in your body, but whatever you, however you'd love to describe it with the existence of all of those powerful things at once. Yeah. Well, truth does change things. Hmm. If I think, if I wake up this morning and I think it's going to be a bad day, then I'm going to look for the things that are going to affirm that, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though I'm not changing my circumstances or my circumstances might remain exactly the same, then if I allow my mind to change and what I look for um, or the way that I'm able to respond or just believe about myself, the circumstances don't necessarily have to change in order for me to have a better existence and experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I am able to come at adverse experiences with a positive mindset around them, then I can find a different outcome or I may be able to, this might just be the beginning of that journey where I am able to have a different life in a year or 10 years Mm. or 50 years from now. You know, a lot of people come to the end of their life and they feel anxious to die right? because their life wasn't what they wanted. And I don't want to come to that point and have had so much anxiety around my life and have believed that it was one thing when it could have been something else for years. You know, I wish that I thought this way about myself when I was 20, but I didn't. Mm. And but I'm still alive. So now I get to have years ahead of me to extend kindness and I hope extend a legacy if I ever have a family where I get to instill that in my kids and teach them how to show kindness towards themselves. Um, But again, I still feel very much like a novice Mm. at this. So I've still got a lot to learn. Well, thank you for showing us kindness in bringing (laughs) yourself to this. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm really excited to see how people engage with your art. Um, Any kind of closing thoughts that you'd love to share just with someone who's at upside down observing your art, any like kind of commentary or thoughts you'd love for them to have? 
Man, I was thinking about this before of what would I want someone to walk away with? And mm. I think I would love for people to ask themselves the same question that I asked myself and be willing to have a conversation about those things, wow. which is what makes it hard for me to feel at home inside of myself and acknowledge the things that make it hard. Like the things that make it hard are the things that make it hard. It doesn't need to right. be the same as anyone else's stuff. It can be entirely different. It could be, it could be something that you're afraid to say out loud because you think somebody else is going to think that it's stupid, <laughs> but it's not because it's true and allow yourself to have a conversation with God or with someone else about those things that make it hard because it maybe there's a chance for change. That's perfect. Yeah. Love that. Well, thanks Lizzie. Thanks for joining us today. And oh, my pleasure. How, how long are we keeping your pieces for? Until yeah. January, January. All right. Well, if you're listening, Come by January, check them out, buy one of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys. Thanks. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>